0: Our biggest takeaways from week one of the NFL season. Are they overreactions or not? Tons of great action from NFL Sunday. All coming up on today Peacock and Williamson.
1: NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in depth
0: information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson,
1: and it starts
0: now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Big ups to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of pnW is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. It was a doozy of a week one. Still have the Monday nighter, which should be a whole heck of a lot of fun with the Jets and the Bills. And of course, we'll have that all broken down for you on tomorrow's episode. Plus more notes from NFL week one. Matt, uh, we got to start with some superlatives here and ideas about the league and what we can overreact to. What is uh, what I think will stick for the season and of course there's a big game and everyone's been asking us about it on social media. <laughs> my 49ers faced your Pittsburgh Steelers and earlier this offseason, you you said something to the effect and I, I don't want to misquote you, but it was something to the effect of, "Ah, eh, I think Kenny Pickett over there in San Francisco would look just as good as Brock Purdy in and, uh, and maybe a lot better than Brock Purdy, potentially <laughs> the first rounder, the first quarterback picked in the 2021 draft or 2022 draft versus the last quarterback picked in the 2022 draft. And, man, Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers looked absolutely ready for the season, while the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, despite all playing all their ones during the, the preseason, I, I thought this was the one where it's like, okay, you want to catch the Niners early. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers may be the most ready team to play in week one in their house, and the 49ers were not having it. Uh, that was an unbelievable game, and, um, and really – Total domination from start to finish from the 49ers. I didn't expect it that way, even though the Niners are a good team.
1: So to start with what you said, we can certainly overreact on Monday after the games without question. Like I'm not exactly going to be in the camp that the Bengals are going to be the worst offense in the league. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that's an overreaction. What we saw on Sunday night from Dallas and what we saw Sunday afternoon from the Niners in the NFC to me, is not an overreaction. Like, if I'm the Eagles, I'm scared that this truly is a three-horse race and maybe they're even the three best teams in the league. I don't know. I mean, like, that having that conversation, to me, is not an overreaction. Now, Steelers-Niners wasn't quite as bad as Giants-Cowboys, But, boy, it wasn't far off. I mean, you don't see games like what Dallas did to the Giants last night. It felt like they could sack Jones every play. However, the Steelers didn't even belong on the same field with the Niners. I I mean, you said it, and you were kind. I mean, that game wasn't competitive from the start. I thought Pickett was, frankly, the worst player on the field. I mean, there were open receivers, and he's clunking them and pushing too hard and – never was in rhythm, and the Steelers handed the game to the Niners, as you know better than anyone, in exactly the script the Niners love. You know, get down early, three and outs, tire you out. The Niners stars all came to play, and I'm going to include Mr. Purdy in that. He was phenomenal. I don't think he's McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Bosa-level star, but the most important Niners were all awesome. And frankly, the Steelers were as pathetic almost as the Giants yesterday.
0: I mean, the stars were the stars for the most yeah. part throughout Week One around the NFL, and uh, in the in the Pittsburgh Steelers' case, T.J. Watt was a star. If you one guy played play well, the game <laughs> T.J. Watt was going to hit Brock Purdy multiple times, strip sacks. I would have said, "Man, that's the nightmare scenario." And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the uh, the 49ers might drop this one on the road. But everything else went great for the 49ers in this one. And um, I know we can't spend all 30 minutes on this, Matt, uh, but the listeners want to hear you say that Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett. Do you think that is I won't say that.
1: He was a way better quarterback on Sunday. But if GM Lynch called me right now and said, let's swap him, I would say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. We can revisit this. Time. I mean, we, I we
0: know guys. We <laughs> right now?
1: I mean, I we all saw. It. They weren't even close to each other yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, was that was one of the yeah, it wasn't even close.
0: The, if you want to overreact a little bit, it's 49ers Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, right? They, they, those teams look so dominant, so ready to play in week 1. It was pretty unbelievable. Um Stars came out to play in that 49ers Pittsburgh Steelers game. The Stars came out to play in the Dallas Cowboys game with uh oh, with man. I mean, we we talked about games like that. (laughs) They, again, it was, it was both those games felt similar in a way that teams we knew were good, the Cowboys and 49ers, Mm -hmm. but it looked like they were playing college teams and not NFL caliber teams. Like they didn't belong on the same field. They were so much better in both of those games. The Cowboys and 49ers were
1: absolutely. And against teams that we thought that wasn't the Cardinals, you know what I mean? Like the Steelers were the hot team in the preseason and they're always 500-ish or better. You know, the Giants were in the playoffs last year. Like, I don't think anyone thinks either one of those teams is picking in the top five this year, and they got dismantled like it was Bama versus Alabama State.
0: 37, by the way, was the final 49ers and Steelers, and it didn't feel that close. 40 to nothing was the final score. Cowboys-Giants, they couldn't even get some garbage time no. off rolling, Matt, against the the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, I was a little skeptical of a team like the giants being in that conversation with the Cowboys and the Eagles coming into the year and being the, the chippy team that they were last year and, and, um, and going in, and, you know, earning a playoff spot or even winning the, the East over the Cowboys and, and Eagles. And I came away from that game thinking, Oh my gosh, yeah, the, the there's no chance for that team. But as we know, things can change and, and week two is going to look a lot different. So, I think Cowboys 49ers clearly are good, but on the flip side of that, are the Steelers and Giants bad?
1: Yeah. Honestly, particularly the Steelers, but um, I do think those two teams are in contention for best team in the league right now. And one other note, just because we mentioned lump these games together, I think there's four elite edge rushers in the league. There's Parsons, there's Watt, there's Garrett and Bosa and Crosby would be the fifth. Those four were all awesome yesterday. Awesome. Like it's, it's going to be a fun defensive player of the year race. Cause those guys were all amazing.
0: Can we make a grand conclusion about the, the Chicago bears who I was jazzed about this year, bears fans were jazzed about coming in and the green Bay Packers in that man, the bears still stink and the Packers they're still good. And Jordan love is, is going to be just fine for the green Bay Packers because uh, I think that balloon for the Chicago bears at home, as excited as they've been for a week, one in a long time that got deflated real quick Sunday.
1: I mean, much like the Steelers and giants. I mean, there were some humbling sobering performances yesterday. And I think Chicago very much is in that mix. Now, unlike those two teams that are winning records, the bears picked first overall last year. So maybe a step forward is six or seven wins. You know what I mean? Not the winning the division, things of that nature, you know, but I thought green Bay and particularly love and Aaron Jones as well was very, very impressive. Even without Christian Watson, um, the bears defense to me is really problematic to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. And we saw some flashes from Fields and D.J. Moore and those guys, but I'm sitting here looking this up because I just wanted to make sure. They didn't throw to the receivers all that much. I mean, there I, were still I, a lot of targets, the running backs, and, you know.
0: Yeah, if Fields, look, F- Fields' problem is still his problem. Yeah. You know, a quick game, and I was hoping to see a lot more from him, and I got a little worried in the preseason because I still didn't see a lot of it, didn't see a lot of it in this game. Um, he's still super talented he'll make a great throw every game he'll make a great run every game but the easy stuff the quick game needs to get better but I have a huge problem great game plan wise with your guy uh, Luke Getzey. yeah only got targeted two times
1: yeah. he should have had
0: eight screen passes thrown his way you know mm-hmm. they don't have to be downfield throws. How did you not get your best weapon on offense involved? at all in that game from jump from the scripted plays so I have a big problem there as well so I'm a little worried offensively defensively and coaching wise now for the Bears after one week
1: yeah and too much horizontal stuff too many throws to the backs too many easy you know layups that go nowhere and I would have to re-watch it but from a, a lot of what I saw was similar to Dallas in that some of these O-lines just can't block the fronts. You know, Rashawn Gary and that, you know, Van Ness was making yeah. plays. You know, like, I think some of it is going to be just that discrepancy that we always talk about, that D-lines are just better than O-lines. And it yeah, showed up in a couple places.
0: That was another one for the Bears, is that O-line yeah. was be a lot better. So if right. uh, you know, Fields is not a lot better, and the offensive line's not better, and they're not utilizing the the new better weapons they have, and the defense is still a problem, and the Bears are still going to stink in 2023 and the Green Bay Packers have a really good roster top to bottom and Jordan Love looking at the uh EPA rankings that you sent me Matt Jordan Love was the second ranked EPA ex- uh, the, uh expected points added per play uh not counting Monday night football in week 1 of all the quarterbacks second behind only Tua Tagovailoa
1: Yeah and that that passed the sniff test it's something I retweeted go check it out on my timeline but all 30 quarterbacks that started yesterday so far not the the Wednesday or the uh, the Monday nighters they have them ranked in EPA and looking it over it passes the sniff test. I thought Love mm-hmm. was one of the better quarterbacks yesterday without question and frankly Burrow was a was a distant 30th. Him and Daniel Jones were at the bottom bottom bottom.
0: Yep. So, uh reshuffling the deck, I'm absolutely picking the Packers to win that division in uh I think the the,
1: no, the Lions look pretty win. good though. I picked the Packers to win the division. And I was about to say, "Boy, I'm feeling good about my Packer pick," but Lions went to Kansas City and won.
0: That's very true. That's very <laughs> true. That yeah. Two horse race. Okay, more yeah. on that division. More on the other divisions in the NFL. Our biggest takeaways, uh, and including that performance from Tua in Week One. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. It's no different than hiring your players and coaches for an NFL team. You want to be 100% certain you have the best access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you do is you add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and it spreads the word that you're hiring. Then simple tools like screening questions. Make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's like if, it, if one NFL team has access to combine information and interviews and the other teams don't. That's the advantage you can get at LinkedIn jobs. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality candidates. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Okay. Uh, we, we teased the two a thing. I mean, Tua just oh, went man. bonkers and what a fun game. This one was with the, uh, the Los Angeles chargers falling to the Miami dolphins, on Sunday with the final score of 36 to 34 and uh, Tua had a bad interception, but that was about the only bad throw he made. He was stepping up in the pocket, throwing deep balls. Tyreek Hill was going crazy. 11 catches, 215, was it, yards for, and two touchdowns. I mean, it was just offense on top of offense, really with both of these teams. And Matt, here's another one, because we've had this conversation with some of our listeners, and... Is it time to say Tua might be even better than Justin Herbert? Herbert had his opportunity to go win that game at home, and he didn't do it. Tua did do it.
1: I thought Herbert played well. I thought Tua played amazing. I'm not going to say he's better than Herbert after one game. Right. But these two (laughs) have had some classic battles lately. I mean, almost like Winslow getting carried off the field. I mean, like, this is, you know, the, the best game of the day, the most fun game of the day. And the Tua thing that stuck with me was, boy, he orchestrated the offense extremely well, but he did some improv stuff in this game, too. That, you know, usually that's not his bag. When things didn't go to script, he still made a lot of plays, which is really impressive. Some amazing numbers from this game. I mean, every time the Dolphins snapped the ball, they gained 8.2 yards. Like, you don't see that. (laughs) You know, I mean, Tua threw for 466. 215 of it to Tyreek, and then on the flip side, they allowed 234 yards rushing. <laughs> I mean, Josh Kelly at 91, Eckler went over 100. You know, like this was just back and forth. And yes, the Dolphins deserve to win. I feel like if this would have went another four quarters, maybe the Chargers win 80 to 79. You know what I mean?
0: It's one of the top three, four, five performances from a from a quarterback in Week One statistically. Uh, in, in modern history, right? Even bad, not modern history. You got to go back to some some names that, that aren't around anymore to uh, to talk about guys that were nearly 500 yards passing in week one for Tua. Three touchdowns. He did have the interception. And, um, man, y- you said it well because it wasn't just, okay, I'm a system quarterback, going to think and dunk, going to throw some short stuff, Hill's going to make a lot of plays. And his playmakers did make plays, but but Tua was making plays. He was making Big-time throws, a big-time big player. I love seeing that from him, and that's the guy that, you know, everyone hoped he was going to be coming out about, Alabama. What a fun game and a great start for the Miami Dolphins. And Mike McDaniel and, and Tua might be a okay. really nice combination there. Hopefully he does stay healthy this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, and boy, Mike McDaniel has, as you can imagine, even more wrinkles, you know, some exotic motion stuff. And, I mean, the, the Chargers were on their heels from the beginning of the defense. Good game, great game.
0: How about those Las Vegas Raiders? After one week of the NFL season, they are alone at 1-0 atop the AFC West, Matt. Were we too harsh on the Raiders, the new Jimmy G-led Raiders? Are they going to win the division in the West, Matt?
1: Uh, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> um, I thought Jimmy played really, really well. And those weapons, Myers, Adams, you know, even Mayer and Jacobs look legit. I, I think that side of the ball is going to be pretty good. And I will say, I mean, again, we we started the show with overreaction Monday. I mean, I think we get way too far into the weeds with our preseason analysis. Of course, I mean, everyone does that. You get set in your ways that they're not going to be good. Their defense is going to be bad. However, there was a couple games. Raiders Broncos. Uh, Where was the other one? I was scrolling here. I apologize. Commanders Cardinals. Titans, Saints, Bucks, Vikings. Where maybe both teams are bad.
0: Yeah, evenly matched. I I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause a, a team is great and a team is poor, but, and I always use the, uh, the reference for major league baseball. Cause in major league baseball, you play 10 times more games than you do in exactly. the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, the very best team is like 600 winning percentage. And the worst team is like 400 winning percentage, right? It's a 60, 40 thing. And I think that might be how it is in the NFL. It's just such a small sample that one team goes on a run. Another team doesn't. So you look at the team, a team like the Los Angeles Rams, for example. We're talking about them as maybe having the number one pick in the draft. They go to Seattle, a tough place to play, and they thumped them 30-13, to the Rams beating the Seahawks. And so I think a lot of times it's a 60-40 thing, and it feels like that gap between teams is a lot bigger than it is.
1: I think that's 100% true, and I think it's easy to overlook that in this league all the time. And the football outsiders people and uh, Warren Sharp and the the guys that do – uh, win prognostication are much better at that And realize that, guys, this is a very small sample size You know, like, we saw Chargers Dolphins If they played a hundred times, does one of them win 55? The other one wins 45, maybe, right. you know what I mean? And where Giants, Dolphin Giants, Cowboys Maybe the Giants only win that once, you know and, and that was the worst extreme it could be You know, that's the, the outlier of a hundred Maybe I, I'm, I'm saying that wrong Maybe the Giants only win that game three or 30 out of 100, but that was the 100th one. That was as bad as it could get. That's just yeah. how the 100-sided die rolled that day. You know what I mean? But I'm impressed with the Rams. I mean, they ran the ball reasonably well. Kyron Williams was impressive. Puka Nakua with 15 targets and Tutu Atwell with eight. I mean, they both end up with 119 yards. And a, a couple things from this game. I don't have it in front of me, but there was some record or some – you know, odd stat out there about Seattle's time of possession in the second half. They had the ball like seven minutes or something. Like, I'm sitting there looking at my Tyler Lockett um, stock in fantasy. I'm like, they don't even ever have the ball. I mean, the the, the Rams just dominated that way. And I do want to throw one thing out there. And this kind of correlates with that EPA quarterback stuff. I'm a little worried about Geno Smith. I mean, his last six games last year were more, vintage Gino and this was more vintage Gino and I'm not saying he stinks I just don't know if he's their quarterback for and a long time the, you know what I
0: mean a couple of big weaknesses for the Seahawks well first of all injuries to their young tackles is tough mm-hmm. their offensive line was was well below where they expected it to be and interior defensively uh you know stopping the run and some of those things it might be an issue for the Seahawks and then what level of quarterback play are they going to get too? so mm-hmm. Um, it really makes you feel like it might be a one-team race in the NFC West. And, of course, yeah. well, these things are going to even out. But um, I don't expect the Rams to to whoop up on a lot of teams like this this year. But Stafford was really good. Donald he was really good. Again, the stars showed up for him. And you got guys like Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua doing big things. And so it, it pays to have a star quarterback and Sean McVay coordinating your offense right because uh you can you can get some fantasy points from somebody on that offense at receiver and uh having that cooper cup role is is a, is a nice role to have even if you're not cooper cup
1: yeah and i'm one of the people that said i think the rams have a chance to pick first overall that their roster is that bad but i'm also one of those guys that said the tomlins and harbaugh's and payton's and those guys never gonna bottom out mcveigh might not bottom out either i mean Right. People don't realize they never started the same offensive line twice last year. I mean, like, the worst injury luck on the offensive line in the history of the game last year, let alone the rest of the guys that were hurt.
0: All right, a few more takeaways, a few more statements, and we'll play a little true or false with some of these. And if if we are overacting or if we can believe what we saw in week one from 2023, next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You can still get in on that Monday night football action at FanDuel, or maybe your thoughts about who the Super Bowl champion this year might be. You can find all of those bets, weekly lines, and everything you can imagine for the NFL season and every sport at FanDuel. And right now, new customers get five get two hundred in bonus bets with just a $5 bet. Again, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed, no matter if that first $5 bet wins or loses. Plus, all customers at FanDuel who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything. Spreads, player props, build your own parlays at FanDuel. Of course, the NFL season reigns supreme, but you can bet on anything. Major League Baseball still going. NBA and NHL be get going pretty soon here in the fall. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, Matt, I want to talk about the Baltimore Ravens a little bit. Mm. And they won. You know, not it, it wasn't difficult. It was probably the perfect matchup for them to start the season with the – uh with the Houston Texans they they got the Houston Texans at home the Texans still obviously have a lot of work to do new coaching staff new regime there brand new quarterback Con- congratulations to CJ Stroud gets his first NFL action and gets his first completion to himself so his first reception and his first completion in the NFL for CJ Stroud um you know and I don't think there's too much to take away from the Texans here and they fought hard in this game but they were outmatched and they they lost 25-9 to the Baltimore Ravens but um one, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, the guy can't catch a break in his NFL career. It looks like he's going to be done for the year with a torn Achilles, right? And so that's unfortunate. But Lamar Jackson and that new offense, I mean, it's a good thing they had the Texans in town because I don't know if that was off to a great start. And and, and so I'm kind of like side-eyeing what that Baltimore offense is going to look like right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Texans to me look like a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback and a very young team in a hostile environment. And the Ravens look like an established team that knows how to win in this league, but has a lot to figure out. And I don't think anyone was hit harder than injuries by the Ravens. You mentioned Dobbins. I mean, that's a that's a heartbreaker because he just got back from a huge injury. He's a free agent after the year. Who's going to sign him? You know what I mean? And at this point in the running back's career, how much time does he have and even have left? But Andrews didn't play in that game. Stanley got hurt. I don't know how bad these ones are, but Stanley got hurt linderbaum got hurt marcus williams got hurt in the game like you know important important pieces and besides Zay flowers it didn't look like the offense was ready yet and it was something i said a lot going into this week was i don't i think the ravens could take some time to round into shape especially especially offensively but they got the right opponent
0: right exactly and they didn't need lamar jackson to do a lot but you know it was like nine fantasy points or something like that from Lamar Jackson this game six carries 38 yards not a lot of passing production so um that's a that's a work in progress in Baltimore I don't think it's I, I it's it's clearly too early to say oh I don't know I, I think it's not too mm-hmm. early to say the Texans are, are, are going to be a, a have a rough year sure. I, I don't love they traded their first round pick next year in the draft I'm not so sure about that move by the Texans uh because they're going to draft high again uh but the Ravens. I think there's a lot to be determined with what that team ends up looking like this year.
1: Yeah, I picked them to be fourth in the North because I think their defense is very overrated, and now it might have a couple more injuries, mm-hmm. and I thought the offense might take some time, and the North is also a really good division, but um, they got to win. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think I'm almost certain they play the Bengals next week, which – I don't know what to take out of that game. I mean, mean, scrolling
0: down here, let me scroll all the way down to the bottom of the list of EPA per play quarterbacks. Oh, Oh, and we have Joe Burrow at number 30 at the very bottom of the list. Yeah. Newly signed Joe Burrow. What is going on with the Bengals, man? Do you just throw this one out? And I mean, they've been kind of a slow starting team, right?
1: They have been. And i warned people that this is what happened last year, that they didn't play any of their starters. Quarterback wasn't around. And it was ugly for the first two games last year for Cincinnati. And it was worse this year, to be honest. But I think we're crazy if we don't give the Browns some credit. Like, I didn't think Deshaun played all that well, but they ran the ball fine. But the Browns' defense was flying around. And that defensive line that they invested so heavily in sure is paying off in that game. I mean, they were beating the crap out of him. And the other number I saw, too, was, you know how ESPN is that, like, pass rush win rate and block rate? I guess the Bengals blocking was the worst in the league yesterday.
0: Yeah. That, that, kind of, that tracks it, it adds absolutely. up. Yeah. That absolutely I, I think it's unbelievable that Burrow was actually statistically worse than Daniel Jones. And it's like, hard
1: to believe that you could
0: pick it. And some of the quarterbacks that just had a really, really rough week one.
1: Yeah, And I'm not even sure it was Burrow's fault. hundred percent. I mean, just brutal.
0: Uh, there is a uh, speaking of young quarterbacks, there was the Jaguar. The Colts had a lead on the Jaguars in the second half, and uh, Jacksonville came back to win that game 31-21. Um, do you have any takes, uh, takeaways from uh, young Anthony Richardson's debut? A
1: um, couple notes on that one was Lawrence is surprisingly low on that EPA list, and I think it just took the Jags a while to figure it out. I mean, like, as the game went on, the cream started to come to the top in a way. Richardson did some good things. I think he's going to be really hard to play against. Um, I didn't watch a ton of that game, but maybe the Colts will be a little more competitive than given credit for. You know, I mean, he makes plays, you know, and and Pittman got heavily involved. That was good to see. Ridley was heavily involved and, you know, Jaguars offense, you know, spread the ball around pretty well. I didn't think Lawrence was as bad as that EPA thing implied, but, you know, it took him a little bit to figure things out. and They got after him.
0: With the, uh, with the backfield in Jacksonville, ATN was clearly the lead back and, and had a nice mm-hmm. performance, had a touchdown run. Bigsby did get in there and, and had a touchdown, but not a lot of success for anyone running the football except for Travis ATN in that game. So Travis ATN owners can breathe a sigh of relief, I think, about his usage in Jacksonville to start the year. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, Richardson did get deemed up in that game. And Ted carries. he's got hit a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You don't want to see your quarterback get hit as much as, as he did.
1: He was sacked four times too. And that, that defensive front did a pretty good job on him. Uh,
0: the other young quarterbacks that I wanted to bring up really quick before we go, Matt, and Desmond Ritter started off really bad for the Falcons. And in yeah, fact, uh, I believe they were down at, at one point to the Carolina Panthers and then came back and had a much better game in the second half and and did make a throw to Kyle Pitts at the end of the game. It was kind of like a you know, double teamed and, and Pitts made a nice play on the ball. Um But I don't know if I came away very excited about either one of those football teams in the the Falcons or the Panthers.
1: I I didn't either. I I thought Atlanta would show better than they did. And they kind of lost at their own game. I mean, just over 25 minutes of time of possession, you know, and didn't run the ball voluminously like they usually do. And if it's – to me, the story was this was a pretty even game. Maybe even the Panthers were the better team to watch. But they had three turnovers, and Atlanta had zero. You know, and that's yeah. kind of enough. You know,
0: uh, Bijan is his part. I mean, he's a he's a star player, talent wise. But Tyler Algier outcarried him, fifteen to ten.
1: Yeah, and Bijan did some good things in the the passing game. <sighs> London and Pitts ended up with two two catches between the two of them. I mean, that's like the fantasy they uh, are going to uh, hate
0: this team. I mean, uh, they're going to split carries with the running backs and. Uh, we're going to have another one with Pitts in London that, I mean, London had one target, zero catches in that game.
1: Ritter completed 15 passes. You know, like and if you spread it around a little, Bijan had six of them. I mean, so they're not even hard passes. I mean, so he was bad in this game. There's no question. Will Ritter get better? That I don't know. I I have some doubts. I mean, he'll probably be better than this game. But I have too much of Falcons fantasy stock throughout my league, I have a feeling.
0: And I think uh, Arthur Smith, after the game, said something when he was asked about the the usage there and Drake London. He's like, "Yeah, we're not trying to win fantasy. We're trying to win real football games," mm. which I, I agree with. You know, it's going to frustrate fantasy owners, but at the same time, I don't know how many real football games they're going to win either with that same recipe with what we saw there. If they're not playing a team that's you know playing a rookie quarterback like the uh, Carolina Panthers,
1: and fortunately for them, their schedule is littered with games just like this.
0: At one point in the game. Ty J. Spears was out snapping Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans against the uh, new Orleans saints. And uh, that was an odd one. They ended up, you know, it, it ended up being a lot more Henry than, than Ty J. Spears in that game. But Spears is on the field a lot more than, than I expected 15 to three carries wise. Uh, I, I would have expected a lot more usage from Derrick Henry in a close game that they're trying to win against the uh, new Orleans saints. New Orleans did hold on at home 16, 15 there. And probably my biggest takeaway though, in this game was that both quarterbacks are kind of, Kind of all right, like kind of the same guys that they've been, and I, I don't know if either one is is primed to to lead their team deep into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, this yeah. was a slog. I mean, it really was. This was this was the offense was hard to come by, defense has ruled the day. This is a vrabel Titans script to no end that they ended up on the short end of. I just feel like a lot of Titans games will go this way. Um, not a, a real fun watch. I mean, Tannehill threw three picks, which was crucial in a game like that of course yeah. you mentioned spears i mean yeah he only had three carries but he was out there on first and ten a lot um i thought Carr noticeably outplayed Tannehill, but he has a ceiling as well as you mentioned alave looked good shaheed made some plays i like the saints weapons even though it was a tough go of things
0: they weren't really able to get a ton going on the ground. Jamal Williams mm-hmm. two and a half yards per carry, and they just kept pounding it with him. Eighteen carries for forty five yards, but uh, it was the you know, and it was enough to win it in this one. So a couple of teams, it again. it's like, all right, let's let's see, let's see. I, it, there's a lot of a lot more teams in the middle of the NFL. Maybe even some of the teams you thought were good or some of the teams you thought you were bad are going to be closer to the middle. I think maybe that's the the smartest takeaway from Week One of all.
1: Yeah, and Saints Titans might. All want to be in the middle. You might not be quite in the middle, right? Even, you know. All right,
0: good stuff. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, making us your first listen every day. Congratulations to uh, Brock Purdy for being clearly a better quarterback. <laughs> uh, that was a fun week one, and we're going to do it again in week two. We still have a Monday nighter. We'll we'll turn the page to week two as well. More takeaways from this NFL opening week and of course your questions on our wednesday mailbag episode get those in on twitter at bd at williamson nfl or drop it in the youtube comments make sure you're subscribed on youtube and everywhere you get your podcast matt and i back tomorrow peacock and williamson